Hello. Hi. I'm Alex. And I'm Val. And we are in at the end, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what we are. That's the name of this podcast that's that we're, we're finished. Yeah, but we're done now. So I yeah. already forgot about our identity. Almost done. And who knows what we'll do next. But... Yeah, there could be more. But... I don't know. But I think... Well, well the purpose of this episode is to do a season 6B recap. Or discussion. Which, discussion. Okay, yes. You've always cracked <laughs> We don't me. like recaps. We, we don't? like getting okay. into thematic and discussion. symbolic elements okay, okay. of the show. Recapping is boring. Okay, he's correct. Um, <laughs> but it's hard, it's a little bit hard to do a just 6B having just finished the show. So this is kind of going to be... Maybe some, you know, overall themes might seep into this podcast, yeah, but on, on the, the whole, it's a 6B discussion. Discussion, <laughs> not so. recap. And also, I think we talked about a lot in the Made in America episode being the final episode and dealing with such a kind of iconic final scene. I think that they did such an amazing job of wrapping up all of the themes that they were developing over the course of the whole series that we kind of talked in rather broad strokes in that episode. And I think this is a looser format to be in a discussion episode, not a recap episode. Mm. Um, So if you're interested, listen to the Made in America episode because we'll probably go more in depth than we would in this episode where we will kind of focus on focusing primarily and starting with 6B and kind of looking at where characters start and end up, what the character arc is, within just this season and what has kind of evolved from beginning to end of what we had here. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, so go check out our season finale if you want to hear an episode. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is just more, I don't know, for fun. I like like doing these. It's like, again, this is a personal project of ours also. So for me, this is, you know, is this really necessary for us to do? No, but I like to do it. (laughs) Is this necessary for us to do? Yeah, I mean, that's Hmm. a bigger question. You know what I mean? Like, these are a little like, you know, sometimes they're a little less specific than we're able to get into in our episodes. But I still think they're important. And I still like to do them. It's also nice to have the focus kind of guiding of examining a season rather than an episode. Mm -hmm. Because we will inevitably end up talking about different things. Yeah. Yep. So. Cool. Let's do it. With all that in mind, season 6B obviously is interesting just in the fact that it's kind of a continuation of 6a right we don't get a kind of bona fide season um and yet it is kind of its own unit Mm -hmm. and it is shorter absolutely but there's obviously a lot of action that happens and i feel like there's kind of a midpoint of for me maybe around kennedy and heidi where the stakes seem to kind of get a lot higher I think, like, for me, it's pretty clear. Like, there's a clear division with episode five. Right. And then, like, and then starting with Kennedy and Heidi after that, those last four episodes, right. that's kind of its own thing. Yeah. For me. There, there's kind of, like, there's the front half, and then there's the back half, and there's kind of, you know, um, walk like a man in the middle. Right. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. I agree with you, though. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, those final episodes are so deep and so complex. There's so much going on that kind of reinforces the themes that they've been investigating for so long mm-hmm. and kind of offer some finality on them in some ways or maybe even yes. like a kind of takeaway that we can glean. 
yeah. uh, towards the end of the show. But I think what's interesting and what's happening towards the end of 6B in those climactic episodes is we have kind of an answer to who are these people. Yeah. We kind of get... Well, and some, and like we get some solid, like verbal explanations of, you know, like a more clarity on the soprano curse kind of um, ideas or philosophies, too, right? So, like, not only are the symbols kind of wrapped up, but also some of these philosophies we've been exploring are kind of given like a final, I don't know, a final focus or a final kind of like exploration during this season. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there somebody that you wanted to start with just to kind of... Yeah, so we like to do character arcs kind of. Like that's, I mean, that's why I kind of first started wanting to do these episodes. Cause I'm yeah. like, I always forget where it is that we start and where it is that we end. And like from season to season, these characters become really different people. So, I mean, obviously looking at them on the whole um, of the series is cool. You know, like I always think about like, Oh man, like remember AJ when he was a kid, right? Like, and then look where we've gone with this character. So, I, like that for me, that always is interesting to see the growth. But we also always have their storylines within seasons, so right. That's why I like doing this. Yeah. Um, for me, this season, who do I want to start with? Hmm. Well, we, we talked. So I mean, we talked a lot about the end, like where AJ and Meadow end up. Right. Um, in last episode, we spent actually a lot of time talking about them. So maybe do you want to start with one of them? And Yeah, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so we have AJ starting off working at a pizzeria with Blanca. Right. And the interesting thing about AJ in 6B is that he actually gets so much focus for a character that so was much. rather peripheral and came across as kind of shallow and undeveloped at other times in the show because he was just a kid and mm-hmm. rather spoiled. There's a lot of focus in 6B on him. And I think that that is... Purposeful. Very purposeful because this question of the soprano gene passing down Mm -hmm. and of sons inheriting their father's characteristics and of breaking this cycle or falling into this cycle of becoming this mafia man. This kind of... This person who interacts with the world in a self-fulfilling way, in a narcissistic way, in a way that lacks empathy... We're left with AJ in the end in a place where he isn't a mafioso type, but he definitely... (laughs) Still has a lot of the same issues. He has a lot of the same issues, and he's definitely interacting with the world in a way that's... Adjacent. uh, Adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's owned by Lil Carmine, the company. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's this executive assistant. It's... You know, complete case of nepotism. He hasn't deserved it really at all. And he had this opportunity to kind of break out of the Soprano orbit, which is something that we talked about a lot in the last episode, last two episodes. Mm -hmm. But uh, inevitably, he does choose to fall in line to kind of be closer to home, which is also what Meadow does. She breaks up with Finn. We find out that she broke up with Finn in the second episode, stage two. And by the end, Another thing that we talked a lot about. We have her running towards the family. We have her back in New Jersey. We have her going into criminal law. We have her choosing to mm-hmm. kind of discard her ideas of becoming a doctor. Mm-hmm. Ultimately choosing a profession that is much closer to what her dad's Sure, or like done. inspired by Yeah, in ultimately some ways. inspired yeah. by him. 
And we have AJ having the opportunity to leave. We have him going through these transformations. Should have joined the army. Well, he starts in this kind of place of nepotism, rather like petty nepotism by working at Beansy's Pizzeria. But then he kind of falls into this depression after Blanca leaves him. Then he kind of falls in with the Jasons. There's this kind of opportunity to actually become a mafia type. Mm -hmm. Like to become a criminal, like this criminal Mm -hmm. path. And that leads to him kind of trying to commit suicide. Like that leads to this deeper depression. Which leads actually, once he leaves the hospital and he meets Rhiannon, it seems like there is a moment of possible self-actualization where he's training, he's thinking about joining the army. His ideas are all over the place, but we do see these kind of possible symbols they, of they him seem doing to have something for himself. Kind of a good relationship, like kind of a respectful relationship. Yeah, and we also have like him looking legitimately happy for the first time in a yeah. while, and he gets that from when, when the car, car burns. Blows up. Yeah. So there is this separation from AJ and his family that comes up. And I think that it offers real opportunity and potential for him as a character. But ultimately, the magnetism is too strong of, mm-hmm. of The Sopranos and just gifting this easy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, like, where will AJ end up, really? Um, Maybe he's flying helicopters for Trump. No, I don't think so. You know, like, I think that's the thing that's <laughs> depressing about this is, like... Um, We've already seen AJ go to some really dark places, right? Like, we... Throughout the show. Um, but definitely, like, this season. So, like, you know, like, what's going to be the thing that sets him off this time? Right. right? Rhiannon gets a job. some Whatever, right? right. Like, like he's not... He's, he's He's a very fragile person. He doesn't have a lot of coping skills. Yeah. Um, and he has, like, deep feelings about the world like he like is impacted heavily by the things that go on around him and that's like a hard way to exist yeah uh, especially in a world where you know your dad's the mob boss of new jersey and right you like have these kind of weird people around you so yeah i don't know i don't know like where aj would end up but his arc this season i think is really important and i think likewise kind of like what you were talking about with aj it being kind of like the culmination of this idea we've been working with all season, which is that like, you know, genealogy and the curse and that kind of thing. We likewise have that for Meadow as she, like we start this season with her having returned home and it's basically like her descent into being a mob wife or maybe like, maybe not like a stay at home mom, mob wife. Like maybe she, you know, goes to work at the criminal law firm and makes 170k and um but i mean like they you know we also like have this you know even tony thinks like she'll pop out a couple babies right right like we do kind of have this i don't know i don't have a ton of faith in meadow no to escape it that far because she really hasn't been that successful so far and in fact like i think we kind of see her um I don't know, kind of like revert back over the course of the whole show. Like kind of, we we do see some moments where we think she might have a chance to really escape. And we believe in her. That she might actually be getting out. Like when she runs away in season three, like we've talked about. Right. Um, But now, I don't know. It's just like, I think she just basically like, you know, it's just a downwards, well, depending on your opinion, 
downwards trajectory to becoming this like stay at home mom for Patrick Parisi. Right. That's probably like the most cynical view, but very possible. <laughs> I mean, best case scenario. But I think like, it's similar like, in that way, like kind of like engaging how in the does... criminal realm. Yes. And there was this opportunity to completely break out of that, yes. which was actually the hope of Tony and Carmela, and that does not happen. No. Yeah. I think there's also this element, and this is actually surprisingly something we didn't talk about in the last episode, and maybe even the episode Second Coming, but this idea of AJ being a second coming of mm-hmm. Tony, which I think is like kind of a major Mm-hmm. idea towards the end totally. of the season in totally. fact if you look at those final episodes like what do we have I guess we have Kennedy and Heidi second coming Blue Comet um, Made in America and then Made in America there are these like very pivotal moments and takeaways that I kind of have from each of those episodes independently mm-hmm. but we didn't go as far into detail on that and I don't want to say Yeats because that's wrong Yeats the poem yes yeah yeah but that poem second coming like there is perhaps like some reinforcement of the major themes of the show that maybe we didn't like fully investigate yeah but also this idea i still haven't like read that poem right probably should (laughs) that might be like a useful thing to do to analyze a show (laughs) to like look at the source material but whatever but i I haven't that's what happens when your format is watching the show and yeah if we had more time to research this shit we would find all sorts of things then we'd sound way smarter (laughs) yeah maybe yeah maybe next time we'll actually you know Look into the things we talk about <laughs> and know people's names. Right. Yeah. Trivia. We're, we're we pretty work bad on at trivia. That's okay. It's okay. That's fine. Um, but there is this question that's looming over the whole show as we explore psychotherapy with Tony and his concern about what he's inherited from his parents and his concern for what he might be passing on to his kids. As we leave, as they are adults, we have to question well, who have they become? Mm hmm. And in particular with AJ, okay, maybe he hasn't joined the mafia literally, but has he inherited the behavior of Tony? And do we have within the future, like, is it a solid prediction to think that Tony's influence will remain? Like when Tony dies. I I think it is a solid prediction. Will it continue? And I think it will. Yes. And I think that AJ did have this opportunity to kind of break away, but it'll come back. Yeah. And maybe that's the message, like, a message. Maybe maybe you can't. Maybe there are things that are Don't that stop strong. leaving, Belle. <laughs> For a cynical person, it's hard just to always believe. <laughs> Usually I just don't believe in anything. <laughs> right. Nihilus. Yeah. But, um, but maybe that, that question yeah. is answered. Maybe AJ is the second coming yeah. of Tony. I think so. I, I think so. Yeah. And I think AJ's capable of, we know AJ's capable of being extremely cruel. Right. Um, we see him kind of battle with it a little bit, like with like physical cruelty, right? Like with like acid being poured on people's feet and beating up black Which he doesn't get to the point bikes. of engaging in. And it does trouble him. It does. So we know he's not like... I don't think he could join the mob. I don't think he could do no, that. No, he's not Tony's like, and right. he cries and he yeah, doesn't he like cries. blood and, you know. Yeah, people in the mob don't like that. Yeah, like he doesn't, but like he can be emotionally very cruel. Right. And manipulative and threatening, mm. you know. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't like put some of like that you know, upper level mob behavior where you're not the ones actually doing the killings beyond him. 
Mm. He's pretty manipulative. Right. And I think actually that lack of empathy and that emotional detachment probably is inherited from Tony. Yeah. Largely. Yeah. I would, that's my... And maybe his mom too, because actually like when we think about where Carmela starts this season and where she ends this season, she starts off and she's pretty fully in real estate. We learn that she sold this house that was being developed to cousin Brian. Even though there's shoddy workmanship on it. And in the end, I feel like there's like another development even past that where we have to fully embrace Carmela as, like we talked about in the season finale, mm-hmm. not aiding and abetting, but actually engaging in her own Definitely. criminal behavior. She's living in this toxic house, concerned about breathing in the fumes, but having no qualms with selling the house. Yeah. So she's actually now making money and she's had agency to choose her path and has chosen basically her that. own criminal operation. Yeah. Supported by Tony. So there is inheritance from both sides definitely both the parents are definitely complicit yep and in the beginning i think it's easier to think tony is the criminal carmella of course yeah knows what's going on is involved has a certain degree of responsibility but by the end i think it's a lot worse well you also can't even really like as just a viewer of this show like it's not something you imagine it's not something you could really even like like none of us know a character who's a mob wife i think maybe some of you do in real life in real life yes uh i know a lot you know a lot of them but you know what i mean like you can't even really like imagine that there'd be this couple who engage in criminal behavior and kind of like yeah like aid and abet each other Mm -hmm. in their criminal activities right? right that's not like something that you're like familiar with I mean, not us, I guess. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. So that's when you're watching it. That's the thing that's so, like, that it unravels that way, right? It's this character who you thought was mostly good. And yeah, she's the wife of Tony. But then you start to understand that, oh, no, she's also bad. Right. In her own way. Right. And also, right? maybe it's just the, like, gradual degradation of character that would sure, happen. Sure, that would happen over time. Possibly. Yep. Living in that house. Yep. Dealing with the constant yeah, rationalizations for your existence. And, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, okay. So we also have Tony who... Wait. Oh, sorry. Are we done with Carmela? I'm just trying to think. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking of the whole thing. Yeah. That's kind of one. Yeah, you're right. Caboodle. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. No, Tony. You mm-hmm. go ahead. You well, go ahead. I mean, Carmela... Does she even really have that much time this season? Not a lot. Interestingly, right? I mean, I mean, enough. There's a lot more than other characters. And there are these moments of flare-up in their relationship, actually, around when Carmela has made this money, and Tony is kind of upset about it, and they have this, they have this fight over um, who controls the money. Well, yeah, like, and he wants her to gamble it. Right. 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 Whose it is, and that leads to a huge rift in their relationship. True. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing like I was, we were kind of chatting about this a little bit over the past day or so um, after we filmed the mm-hmm. filmed recorded the finale, and I think the thing about Tony that you see over the course of this season, I mean, the, I mean, there's a lot, but basically, like we've talked about, like it's kind of his descent, his choice, and his kind of like understanding. I think. I think real, like maybe like the realest understanding he has of himself and who he is mm. and acceptance. I get it. Of he that. Gets it. 
He gets it. I yeah. don't know if I get it. I don't know if I get it either, but he does. Yeah. Um, like I said, we should just do some peyote and then it should become It clear. should become very clear. <laughs> we'll just do some peyote and stare at the sun. Yeah. But, you know, but anyways, we were talking about earlier, like, um, we were talking about these moments over the course of the season. Like, of course, we have him kill Christopher in this season, which is um, really traumatic, right? right. And, and we learn kind of that Tony is a guy who would kill... One of the people who he technically loves most in the whole world, right? Like and feels nothing who about he, it. Yeah, who he feels happy right. about it. He's right relieved at like that would be a weak like really like that's to put it quite weakly to yeah. say he's relieved. I think he's actually happy. Right. Uh, I don't think he's sad at all. He's annoyed that other people are sad. Right. Um. So we learn that Tony is this guy who would do that and I think for me that's and we also we were talking about these other moments that we see throughout the course of the season like when we think that Tony might kill Bobby Bacala after that fight at the cabin yeah. in, in Sopranos Home Movies or when he takes Polly out on the boat with him yeah I forget what episode that was in but hmm. uh, that was in good question yeah. anyway early on early yeah, on maybe the third episode and Polly's afraid oh remember when remember they go when on that that's trip. right that's right yeah, yeah. exactly um, and even, you know, we see Polly kind of not knowing if Tony's going to kill him. And it's like, wow, like, like, this is what, like, this is this, this is Tony Soprano, right? Here's this character who, for some reason, as viewers, like, you want to think is mm -hmm. good in some ways or is pretty convincing that in some ways or manipulative enough in some ways to make us feel that way. Right. But he's actually a guy who might at any moment kill his closest friends or family members. Right. Okay, maybe not family. Well, family members who are in the mob with him. I don't think he would like, you know, kill Carmela. Right. But I don't know. Maybe he would. What if Carmela talked to the FBI? Yeah, he probably would. I think he would. Yeah, I think he would too. Right? Like, that's fucked up. That's yeah. fucked up that that's a character that we... Wait, you wouldn't do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> you wouldn't kill me if I was talking to the feds? <laughs> really? There's very little to say to them. <laughs> <laughs> what would I tell them? Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, this is, a, this is this guy that we have empathy and feelings for. This guy who would just like at any moment murder someone for really not that great of a reason in a lot of cases. Right. Well, I mean, to him, a good reason. Well, there really well, I don't, actually, I don't know what his reason for killing Christopher was, really. I don't know what made him feel at that moment that he needed to kill Christopher. It was convenient. Yeah. There was multiple factors that were... Yeah, um, like he, I think he felt like he was putting him out of misery. for him. Yeah. Uh, I think it was about him. I think it was more about... Mm. Tony than putting no, Christopher out no, of his that, you are you are correct. Yeah, I think he was a liability. Yeah, that's basically what it was. He was a liability. Yeah, even his his drug use was a liability. Yep. He was concerned about no, that. Totally. I think he genuinely did care about the impact that this would have on his baby. Mm. Interestingly, too, the way that we tie this into the end of the mm -hmm. series um, with this focus on this academic studies talking about the social babies and pets focusing on animals and babies uh, as the kind of target of their emotion so that is something that could have been uh, targeting him that could have been you know a trigger 
for Tony. It's also interesting, like, you're talking about these these murders that he's committing or, like, us questioning if he would murder people because there's mm. multiple examples before he actually acts on it. Yeah. And that's what kind of built it to this point where I think Tony has evolved into a more dangerous person maybe than he ever was before. Because mm. we're worried about him killing Bobby, too, in Soprano's home movies. Well, I know. Just, just over like, fighting. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly, right? Just over, like, a personal argument. Right. Right? Uh, that you'd kill your brother-in-law. And I guess, like... With Polly, I guess it's because he talks too much and that's a liability. So it's almost like a warm-up. You can turn things into a liability. I don't know about Bobby, but that you can like convince yourself that something is a liability too. Right. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I but don't ultimately, know. it's like it's in Kennedy and Heidi after yeah. he kills Christopher that he gets it, right? Yeah. And he talks about he's dead. Yeah. Like he, that's what he gets in the casino. That's after the shot of the devil. God, that's that, after the that shot of Pompeii. So, good. so there's this element too of like the volcano has erupted. Yeah. Vesuvius has has gone off. Tony has now kind of embraced his his most kind of like devilish side. He's become the devil. He accepts that he's killed Christopher, and that's what he gets. He gets who he is. I think that's what it is. Love it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. And then think about that last scene we have with Tony and Carmela in front of uh, an already exploded Vesuvius. It's kind of just like cooling off, right? There's just this, like a little bit of smoke. Right. Coming out of it at the end. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, it's also this aspect of him winning at gambling, right? Like yeah. his luck changes. But I think he needed to embrace... The fact that he lives a life in a way that only benefits him and he doesn't yeah. care about anybody else. That devil attitude totally. is what happens at that moment and what he gets totally. and where we're left off with Tony. And also with him clearing out the pool, there's no, mm -hmm. op you know, there's no opportunity for There's no house for, for his ducks anymore. That. Yeah. Actually, it's at that moment um, between Christopher and Tony at the end of the episode stage five Christopher has made Cleaver. There's this kind of rift that they have, and we're left at the end of that episode with this baptism. Yeah. The there's so many, yeah. so many Godfather illusions in this season. This season has a lot of them. Lot. Sopranos Home Movies, The Water, that one, some oranges, Junior, <laughs> Junior and the about. Cat. Yeah. And um, Junior looking contemplatively after. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but that, that baptism obviously sets up the main action in Godfather. And it also is kind of setting up a lot of yeah. the main action in season six, which we can now talk about. Yeah. Don't have to worry about spoilers. It's great. It's great. No spoilers. Don't listen to this before you watch the Well, that's your season. fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're an idiot, then... Yeah, if you're an idiot, we'll spoil fault. things for yeah. you. <laughs> um, sorry if you're listening to this first. We don't actually think you're an idiot. <laughs> it could be an honest mistake. Hmm. If you're watching... If you've never seen season six, but you started here... Cool. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Anything's possible. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, okay. what's what's next for Val? Um. I don't know. Um. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about Janice and Bobby? Yeah, let's we're like starting there and Polly, I guess. And yeah. Mm hmm. Um. Well, we have. Bobby There's and J Janice taking up a lot of the first episode. I mean, Sopranos Home Movies is interesting because we start off the season. We have this flashback with Tony about this dropping of the gun, mm -hmm. this small-time gun charge that comes against him. Ultimately, it's rolled into the Rico case. 
And we don't actually spend that much time to get to that point. No. After that, it's kind of this getaway episode where it's this kind of standalone. Yeah, it's kind of half-half, I think. Yeah, and so we actually have a lot of time where it really is just Tony, Carmela, Bobby, and Janice. Yeah. So we actually aren't even introduced to a lot of the characters and what they've been up to until stage five. Yeah. I was going to say stage two, but it's just the second episode. Yeah, we know a few things. So we have a couple of little flashbacks in the opening um the opening scenes like Meadow coming back and Phil's been in Florida for a bit and Blanca's still around yep. and it's a little tense with AJ. So we got like some, but then yeah, you're right. It's like about it's, it's mostly it's about your time upstate. Yeah. And we see Janice and Bobby like, you know, having this their own child. Nico. Right. Nico. Right. Nico. Um having this cabin upstate, like they kind of have this okay life in some ways right um even like you know for janice and all her craziness like Mm -hmm. they kind of seem to have this kind of nice life right um they're kind of this nuclear family well and it starts off bobby too is more of an anomaly in the mob because he's never killed anyone exactly but that is changed very quickly and by the end of the first episode he's in a very different place in that yeah. last scene, we have him, again, going back to water, like, looking out over the water, contemplating it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Bobby... Maybe we'll talk about Bobby. But, like, Bobby's always been this kind of, quote-unquote, nice guy. Obviously, like, just because he hasn't <laughs> killed somebody doesn't it's mean that he's not... Bar. You know, I'm not saying that. But, like, we know he's different than other characters, right? right. We and, and we see him in Sopranos home movies... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're reminded of his like weird outdoorsman skills that he has, like shooting deer with bows and arrows. You know, like we saw him in Pine Barrens. He like knows how to track really well in the wilderness or whatever. Um, so we, we, and he likes trains. Like we, we, we know Bobby's different than these other guys, but it's kind of almost a turning point where like, okay, he killed, I mean, it's, it's not that straightforward, obviously. It's not, like, life isn't like that. But he kills his first person. Right. And then by the end of the season, he's one of the top three guys in the mob. Which, again, like I was saying, right. like, that's not where he was at the beginning of the season. There was promotion of Bobby that happened. Definitely. Right? And, and we know Janice was involved in kind of, like... Yeah, and she did ask for that. You know, so... And she asked for that, right? So we, we see this um, pretty rapid... Again, like downwards trajectory for Bobby, um, you know, throughout this this season. Or upwards by their calculations, maybe. Well, I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, he he's dies. dead, so, so that sucks. <laughs> I, I think that was the direction it was heading. Right. Um, Devolution. <laughs> De-evolution. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. <laughs> Janice, in the end, is interesting because. One could interpret the ending of her being a widow, having to deal with loss. If you listen to her words, it Mm. sounds like she's looking at embracing this family. But the actions actually suggest underneath the surface that it's just another manipulation. And she would be taking over these kids to get Junior's money. Yeah. I mean, again, that's cynical. But I think it's fair, though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, actually, that's that's Tony's understanding. That's Pat's understanding. It's even Junior's we understanding. Get, we get a lot of clues. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. Junior is, is pointing out. I mean, he basically is senile at this at this point, and yet he's yeah. still pointing out that she turned on the stove intentionally. Yeah. So he's still bringing attention to the fact that she has this other side to her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, 
Although maybe like we do, we do kind of end, I don't know, like where we start and where we end with Janice. Like she was a character. And again, this is more like, and it's not just limited to 6B. I apologize. I knew it was going to kind of get a little bit like this. Right. Because it's the last season. Mm -hmm. But like we, we saw Janice at so many times throughout this show she had already been gone for years, right? right? Like she had already kind of escaped and like was living like kind of like a fraudulent weird life, right. like on like, you know, disability insurance or something like based on a false claim or like, you know, she wasn't like being a great gal, but <laughs> right. she was away from everybody, right? right? Like she was far away and she never visited. She had this son and, you know, like she was gone. We see her come back. We see her leave again for a short period of time. And then she's drawn back into the mob for good. Yeah. You know, like there's no... Janice is not going to go away again. Like she already... Like she jokes about in this season, like finding a a new husband, right? Like, and Tony kind of says something about it, you know, like how she found Bobby. I I forget how it was. Like, she's just moved from mob guy to mob guy to mob guy. Like, what's to make us think that she's going to make a different choice right now? Um, So, yeah. And she, and, you know, we see how she's also, you know, carrying out her own kind of criminal operation of trying to steal Junior's money. Right. And, you know, keep kids for the sake of whatever money that comes with that. Right. Bleak. Yeah. Joke's on her. Junior probably doesn't know where his money is. He probably, maybe he doesn't even have any. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right. That is well, I want to talk about ambiguous. Junior. Let's do it. Well, okay. So he's a character that really devolves. Yes, devolves. Devolves is the word. Devolves is definitely the right word. I am confident in that one. But he devolves throughout the course of season 6B. I mean, we think about where he is at the beginning. In the episode with Carter, he's actually kind of like running these mafia-like operations where he is. And yet by the end, he's just left with nothing. He's just kind of looking out the window, doesn't even remember who his family is. And he has this opportunity to run away, which is interesting too. I think it's in Remember When. And he actually chooses not to do that. He thinks that there's like nowhere for him to go on the lamb. Um, but ultimately, in the end, there really is nowhere for him to mm-hmm. go. Nobody is there left to take care of him. There's really nothing. And so he's kind yeah, of also- funny. Like, yeah, Uncle Pat wanted to bust him out. Yeah. Right. Like. Right. And he he chose not to. Right. But then Uncle Pat's still there for him in the end. I mean, for how long? And like, I mean, how long will he be around? I don't know, but at least and how much can at he least really he, like him? he visits his friend. He visits Junior. Right. I guess. I don't think he's looking for anything. How often does he even go though? Well, I don't you know. know. I, I don't I, even think he lives close. How often can he really do that? This well, isn't we, realistic. We see, we this see, isn't a realistic. We see relationship. him there. <laughs> we see him there a bunch of times with Junior. Right. At least two days in a row or whatever. It's definitely bleak for Junior. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I mean, especially like he was like that was at a time where he was you know still better off. He was still not in this state ward, like. Right. He was still in this like nicer. Things definitely got worse, home. and Tony yeah. doesn't care about him. Like, no. Tony is over Junior. Yeah, and again, it's like again one of these things with Tony where like we think we're like oh he'll come around like, you know like. 
he's just struggling with it, but like he'll make the right choice. And like he doesn't. Right. I mean, to be fair, he did get shot by him. It's true. But then again. But again, but he says he family's also, all that matters and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, like, blah. And also, to be know? fair, he probably was shot accidentally. Like, I mean, or not accidentally. Like, it like, is yeah. the result of Junior's mental degradation. Yeah. That really is all it yeah, is. Yeah, totally. Like, what changed at that point? Like, if he was able to come to grips with him after he planned this, you know, plot on his life. Which, yeah. looking back on even that, is ambiguous. Like, there's yeah. ambiguity to everything in this show. Even that, we can't right. say. We just see, we see things proof. maybe through Tony's eyes. Yeah. Right? Like, again, like we were talking about, like, what's it like to live in a world where you think that your friends and family are ultimately going to let you down, right? So you, you would never see people for... You would never read it in this more positive way if you're Tony. Right. If you're Tony, like, you're looking for people to let you down all the time. Yeah. Because that's your philosophy, right? That's that's what's embedded in you in this soprano dark view of the world. Right. Is this, you know, trust no one, you die in your own arms, Right? So you're never going to, like, give someone the benefit of the doubt if that's your outlook on life. Yeah. You're going to see everything through that lens. And I think he does. Right. Um, yeah. You know. No, absolutely. Like, he doesn't... Tony doesn't see, like, you know, like, the good... Like, he doesn't see, like, the good things in Christopher. Well, he maybe he does. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, his read is always going to serve him, and it's always going to be... Um, you know, for the purposes of, you know, self-preservation, right? Yeah. Because in the end, you're alone. Totally. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I mean, great. Yeah. <laughs> Uplifting. Very inspiring. Uh, so we do have uh, Junior at the end of, I think it's Remember When, in this scene where he's outside with his, like, animal therapy. And he's sitting in the wheelchair with the cat. Right. So it's like dog cats. therapy, except for this one cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Which is a funny cat. To, that would. Right. So, and but another example of cats. Cats. Something that we have as kind of a theme. So, or something. So theme of theme of our life, also. Yeah, a theme of our life and a symbol of the Supreme. You've also heard a lot of cats on this podcast if you've listened to it. Right. Yeah. If you've listened carefully, yeah. it's actually not our cat. It's the cat we're looking after for a friend. That's yeah. the one whom yes. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Anyways, but yes, cats. Anyway, we are left in the final episode with these scenes that have a very strong focus on this cat that the that the guys found after the big storm that's looking at Christopher. We have this focus on Schrodinger's box, mm-hmm. on the cat, on what that could mean. We talked a lot about this kind of like these quantum ideas and how they can apply to Sopranos about how something can be two things at once. It is interesting to see Junior connected to that, actually. I think it was only after we finished recording that we thought of that connection, mm-hmm. that that was even there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is, I mean, obviously there's there's this like Godfather 1 reference as well with like Don Corleone with a cat in the first scene of right. the movie. But again, another thing that like we didn't talk about, but makes the cats relevant and some, give some connection to the genre and, and film. Yeah. But but we were also talking about... Schrodinger's Box. Schrodinger's Box. And, and I think like... another takeaway from our... The way we yeah. talked about it in the last episode, yeah. you had yeah. some well, thoughts. Yeah, well, because well, what we didn't talk about when we, we... Sorry, I'm jumping back to Tony for a second. Yeah. We didn't talk about when we talked about Tony a few minutes ago is that Tony ends up maybe dead. Maybe. Maybe... Alive. Alive. Maybe in jail. Maybe indicted shortly. 
Um, Maybe alive and fine. And I think that's the thing, like that I I've been left with thinking about with Schrodinger's box is that like I think like the cat's dead no matter which way you look at it right like so like whether or not you think the cat's dead in the box or whether you open the box and the cat dies uh the the result is the same um right for you if that's the way you see the world I guess right there's also this potential that the cat's there and alive but I don't know. For me, it's for me, it's strong evidence that Tony is probably dead. Well, I think it just it's strong evidence that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I think that's a thing. Like you're dead. Basically, you're dead it. either way. Well, well rega- like not dead. Like and I'm not saying dead. Like like everyone dies, obviously. Like right. so, it's like kind of like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and there's obviously this degree of ambiguity that we will never be able to crack. Yeah. And we can come up with our theories that. And they can just all exist at the same time. They can all exist at the same time. Yeah. They could all be equally true. Yeah. But ultimately, Tony is human, and we're examining the human condition, yeah. and everybody is kind of marching yeah. towards death. But he and, ends up in this position where his life is threatened, and right. this court case is threatening him. When he starts this season. You know, he actually is threatened by this gun charge. Yeah, but like, it's a lot I guess so. I guess you're. I guess you're right. There's always, there's always these. There's always something hanging around. But these time. are definitely like bigger threats than. No, I you have to imagine that Carlo Trevesi flipping was huge. Is huge. I, I don't know how he gets around that short of killing Carlo. <laughs> I think Carlo's in in protection. That's the thing, so. right? They haven't seen Carlo. Right. I think they have Carlo. In I don't think protection. they get to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Seems difficult. I don't know how Seems, to do that. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah. So anyways. But all those potential outcomes exist and don't exist. <laughs> exactly. And that's this like kind of quantum element and why cats are shown so prominently yeah. throughout the season and in particular in the last episode. Yeah. And I think Junior's been one of those characters that, again, like with this dementia, he's one of the characters that maybe show us that. I'm oh, sorry, ghost? I just remembered something. Oh. No, no, no. Val thought I saw a ghost. No, but remember in Junior's house? We, we've talked a lot about paintings He had that picture show. of a cat above his phone. He always has the picture of a cat that's always focused on, and that's kind of what we're left with. That's like the art in his well, house. Well, I think, yeah. But I think it is, like, I think Junior's kind of the closest to maybe that kind of ambiguity that we get in this show, because even from the very beginning, like you said, like with, you know, from the beginning of the show, like, when he's like plotting with Lydia, but like maybe not plotting or like this shooting, like does he mean to shoot Tony? Right. Does he not? Like he's a vi- like he's a character that we never really know, especially with his dementia, right. if he's being manipulative or if he's really just gone. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think he is kind of you know cat you know <laughs> represented by the cat yeah. well in that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's interesting because I never really felt like there was a solid connection or answer to why there was this focus on Mm. cats about this phone and in his house. But it's interesting to think about a theme that was being developed all the way back to the first season Mm -hmm. that is focused on in the series finale Mm -hmm. and is tied in through this, through this like, yeah, through this scientist, through this guy who is bringing yeah. attention to Schrodinger's box. Well, it shows up for him at lots of different times, right? Yeah. So, anyways. Totally. Yeah. Um, other characters? Hmm. Polly. Sill. Lesser mafia characters. Well, 
I think actually, like you mentioned, Polly, I think just like tie back into what we were just talking about with the cat. Um, we also have Polly who, with his superstitiousness that we've seen, you know, throughout the show, but we also like this season have a lot to do with his, his beliefs and his superstitions as well, um, that he really doesn't like animals, right? Like he's not, he hates, he like wants this cat out of there. He's very right. suspicious. Um, you know, he didn't like love the horses like Tony did and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not. He actually had it taken he, out of the picture. Polly and Polly doesn't like right? babies either, right? So right, when we yeah. talk about this, like, well, yeah. Did well, he no. take it out of the picture? Actually, the no. horse. Yeah. No, the horse. No, is in the, the horse is there. What am I talking about? I don't, I don't I'm know losing it. Um, <laughs> it's too much. Too much going on. Um, but he, you know, he never had kids. He doesn't like kids, right? So he doesn't have this thing that Tony has. This kind of like focus on or whatever like however it was put in that research article um they show this concern like they mask mm. their sociopathy with concern for babies and animals right right but we don't see polly have that um so i think like that's another like one of those things that helps us to kind of like identify these different characters who have really vastly different viewpoints right like Polly and Junior both have very different outlooks on the world. Right. Right. And so we're kind of like called to like, we, so we see like we have, and then we have one of them who like, you know, kind of embraces this cat, you know, like is last seen petting this cat. And then this other character who like wants to kill this cat who's hanging around Satrials. Right. Um, well, there's also less ambiguity with Polly as a character. Yeah. He's not really one who engages no. in manipulation well, exactly. as much. He's exactly. actually very outright with yes. his feelings. Yes. So that's interesting. Yeah, he's not like he's really not that manipulative. No, um, he kind of is stupid. Like he talks too much. Right, he's pretty obvious. You know, but and says things he shouldn't. But like, it's not really ever like that manipulative. Right, it's more just because he has a big mouth. Right, or like by accident. Um, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I think it just like it helps us to reinforce these. I don't know these different philosophies that we're able to explore through the show. Absolutely. Right? Like, it helps us, like, identify these characters and these symbols that kind of go along with them. Yeah. Even where, like, Paul and Syl end up, again, is ambiguous. Like, Syl is probably not going to wake up, but we don't know. We can be hopeful. Polly... Not really. I mean, really? I don't know. Yeah. I guess not. I'm not... I mean, I was never left being like, maybe Syl makes it. That's kind of my condition. Oh, that's nice. I always think that people are going to be fine. That's nice. <laughs> um, but Polly, too, like he does accept this position in the end. So he does actually get this promotion, even though he chose not to originally. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, depending on our interpretation of what happens to Tony in the end, what really happens to Polly? I know. That is very ambiguous. Yeah, like could Polly be the boss? I don't think so. I think that would be a bad family. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, so what? A bad crime family. Who, like, who's in charge? And yeah, what? Unless it was like a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> that would like be a, a great spinoff. Like a comedic, yeah, Polly. <laughs> oh my gosh, they so should have done that. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That'd be a great show. <laughs> <laughs> it would have a great intro sequence, like a really cheesy kind of like mm-hmm. '80s sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With some like clapping noises in it. Yeah. <laughs> Polly. Yeah. Um, speaking about the mafia family, we didn't really talk that much about Phil Leotardo. We didn't. Who interestingly starts off the season 
after this heart attack. He was like in Florida or something. Yeah, comes back after a long time Miami, maybe. away, saying that he's ready to settle down and enjoy grandkids, grandchildren. And then, you know, he kind of bypasses leadership for, what's his name? Jerry Torciano. Yeah. But then ultimately he gets shot and then Phil does get more involved. Yeah. In the, Kind of Machiavellian and then really like the embraces it like then really race. fucking goes for it really goes for it yeah and ultimately dies yeah so with his grandkids there that's good with his grandkids there that's nice yeah so i mean ultimately as he gets more involved it does lead to his death we have little carmine choosing to opt out of the mob lifestyle saying that he's found happiness outside yeah. and he's obviously a very dim-witted stupid character yeah but there that's is this a good kind decision. of yeah, there's some kind of something noble about him choosing that. And I think that it is presented in a way where even though he is kind of an idiot, he actually has found the most righteous thing he can do to kind of get out. It's that thing that we were talking about in the finale, like extricating yourself mm-hmm. from the orbit of the mob is mm-hmm. the only real answer. Mm-hmm. And the only real chance at happiness. Yeah. Too. So Phil actually starts off and devolves. <laughs> has his own little devolution <laughs> god damn it i just don't know anyway that's fine i shouldn't we should up. we should find just use new word. words yeah. we should expand our vocabulary <laughs> we should that would be good yeah um okay johnny sack dies again like another person who early, had the mob who had leadership death. stage five we see him and then he dies yeah he's moved to a prison hospital and then that's it so yeah ultimately it's not so great for all the people in the mob and there is this talk throughout the series about there's only a couple ways to end up either in prison or jail some of them end up with both yeah but our interpretations for tony in the end can be informed by that and ultimately we have to have a rather well and i think yeah like i think that is kind of the thing right because like wow like what worse way to go right like that have both of those because you you know at least you can think like you know, oh, if someone like grows old and dies, at least they're like with their family or something, but you're isolated and dying. You're not even right with people you lo- who love you or care about you. Right. You're just dying alone right. in your own arms. That's nice. Should we leave? It's one that's really stuck <laughs> with me. Hi, <laughs> Should we leave our whole podcast with dying alone in your own arms? <laughs> Oh, it's so bleak. Well, but anyways, it but, is the Sopranos. Yeah, but I think that I think that is what that is showing us, also, right? Like, right. and even like you know, Ginny's not in. Like Janice has Ginny's house. It's like you know, like, and they're a family who seem to actually really care about each other. Which even that, like that household, which that, used like, to be the kind matter. of like, yeah. well, even that, like John Sack, Johnny Sack used to kind of be like the king of that area. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest house, and now it's just enveloped the suburbs by the suburbs. Yeah. And there's nothing there. I mean, sorry. Well, there is nothing there. Well, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> suburbs make me anxious. <laughs> there's lots there. Yeah. But there's, there's nothing. Like maybe about, a great, like yeah. an Applebee's. Right. But it's far. You have to drive. You have to drive there. Yeah. You can't walk to the Applebee's. It's, it's still right. far enough, but like that's your closest restaurant. Right. For sure. Very bleak. Yeah. Even bleaker than dying <laughs> in your own arms. Yeah. Well. <laughs> wow. What else? That's that's it. I think that's uh, those are my reflections on okay. season six B. Okay. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to analyze this final season um, because it is kind of yeah so climactic. Yeah. And we are dealing with all this finale. Oh, well, we didn't, we didn't talk about Christopher, characters. but 
Well, we did a little bit, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, he dies like his his path is just just kind of like cut out. Yeah. I mean, we do have these scenes with him. I mean, he makes Cleaver, and in some ways, that's kind of writing his own death sentence. Yeah. To kind of go against Tony to make it visible. Yeah. To air his grievances. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. We don't have to talk any. You know, Christopher's favorite character. (laughs) We don't want to make Val cry again. Yeah. It's been really fun to do this podcast. Yeah, so fun. And I think, like we said at the beginning, I mean, I think we we went deeper into a lot of these themes and these ideas in the season six final episode. But it is great to kind of tie together from what was happening before that and what led up mm-hmm. to it and how the creators kind of decided to wrap up the show mm-hmm. and how they decided to present that final, that final season. Yeah. And I think that there are some some kind of threads that tie it all together. And also, really interestingly, kind of like bookend it to the mm-hmm. original themes that are being presented at the beginning of the show and the ones that are developed in the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, like, and that's why I think it was a little bit hard to do this episode without talking about past seasons also, was because it just really makes you understand how well you know these characters. Right. Over the course of this show. Or some characters like that you don't know. Some characters who you're still like, Wow, I don't know this person. Right. You know, like I don't I didn't I don't know their Walden. motivation for that. Who's Walden? Walden. Like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Where'd you come from? What's your story? Right. I don't know anything about you, Walden. Yeah. Um, I do think that's a good like if there's ever a Sopranos trivia night, who killed Phil Leotardo? Great question. It's such a great question. <laughs> you guys can all get it Answer right. Answer is Walden. Walden. Um but yeah, you just like you know these characters so well and you've seen them on these, you know, whatever it is, like seven year right journey right of it's like this snapshot in the middle of these characters lives um and some you know we have some flashbacks we like get some understanding of before but for the most part we just see them kind of like grappling with those things in that slice right of their life so it's hard to like it's hard to feel you know kind of like i was like you know just seeing janice in season six is you know, informed by these other things we've seen her do in totally. the other seasons, right? So, anyways, it's a great show. Yeah. I yeah, like it. Yeah, we liked it. In, in, <laughs> in finality. Yeah. <laughs> We're fans. We yeah. like The Sopranos. We like the show. We like doing this podcast. Um, Thanks for listening. Always feel we, free to reach out. Always feel free here. to email us. Um, I don't know what we'll do next or when it will come out. That I don't know. But um, <laughs> but we do maybe want to do a little bit of a like our t- main takeaways from this season yeah. on this watch and like a little bit about I don't know like I don't know what it felt like to do this podcast. <laughs> um, and then maybe we're gonna do something new, but that'll be a little while off. Yeah, maybe we'll do something else. Uh, maybe movies. movies. Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe Mad Men. I think. Ah, I just can I, okay. I'm gonna say it. This is how we're gonna like. <laughs> this is how we're gonna leave this. Okay, podcast. The Sopranos is the best show because I just actually don't think you could do this about any other show. I don't know. I think what, you could. I don't know. I disagree with that. Okay, what but show? I don't think. Well, I think it would be different in different cases. I don't think there's many shows that I personally I don't think would choose I could do to do it. it. Like, I think there's a lot of sophistication to different shows. Like, I mean, I think The yes. Wire. There are a lot of threads that are presented. There are a lot of themes. There's a lot of character development, but it's not like this. This is a different activity. This show yeah, is a there different aren't activity. Layers of analysis. No, because I think I mean that show has this kind of social conscious yeah. consciousness, and it it is this kind of 
it is this kind of take on the system. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And amazing storytelling. But it has this kind of more of an activist and... bent. Like, this is like literature. Like, you're kind of dissecting yes. what's And that's why I think it, cl- it, like, cl- I mean, we could do this for books. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you could... Uh... And that's why I think this is, I mean, this is yeah. my great. It's like a funny thing to say, but this is my favorite show of all time. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I, like, I, I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm yeah. willing to... to... <laughs> But you know what? It's interesting to bring that up because this is still our Sopranos <laughs> podcast for not very much longer. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good to talk about, you know, this show in particular and why it's so special mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is those elements. It is this. And maybe we'll talk about that in our. These layers. If we do these, this, yeah, maybe. If this next episode <laughs> comes out about our takeaway moments. Because yeah. I think that is a takeaway for me. Right. Yeah. Also. No, absolutely. I think like it's like solidified how fucking amazing this show is and that i mean other things definitely have value but from like i'm not saying it's like it's like i hate saying things like the best show ever because like art is subjective and it can be all sorts of different things but in terms of like something that speaks to me and the way that i like to analyze or um I don't know, like the art I want to consume that helps me to deal with things in the world. Mm. That's the best example. Like of you something. grow as a result of watching. This yes. Show. Every time I grow as a result yeah. of watching this show, but I it agree. also helps me to grapple with some of these big issues that I think are very human to deal with. Absolutely. Um, and, and well, allow me to do this kind of, which I have always loved this kind of like fun, symbolic treasure hunt. Right. Um, and <laughs> treasure hunts. Yeah, treasure hunts are fun. So, anyways. Yeah, and so, also, yeah. I mean, it's just the attention to detail that exists in this show, the level that they're willing to go to to make sure that every object in every scene mm. has meaning, mm. that every location, every word that's chosen in, in the script is can be interpreted in multiple ways mm-hmm. and can reflect mm-hmm. other moments of the show and and could be ambiguous about and what could they be mean. ambiguous and how we can never ultimately yeah. really figure any of it out yeah. and how human that is and how yeah. characters are trying to figure it out and yet ultimately they can't and that we're left with the same dilemma it's just very it's very rich yep so that's why I'm not sure if I can do another TV show <laughs> <laughs> it would be hard because I don't think any other show has that yeah. to this to this degree but movies movies definitely do so um, maybe we'll be back maybe we'll be back maybe. but thank you for listening if you have been and thanks so much especially if you've been listening for the whole thing yeah wow we're very impressed yeah. <laughs> there's also been maybe I'll talk about it in the next episode it's a funny thing to do with your husband for your free time in your free time <laughs> for your marginal amounts of free time for our very <laughs> marginal amounts of free time so right um, it's been fun it has been fun Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.